0: You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island.
1: Jen, I'm sorry. I think I always say your name. No, Mm -hmm. everyone does, but since you're recording it, I'm going to... And Jen made it like... (laughs) I was like, oh, no. (laughs) I was fine, because that happens all the time, but...
0: (laughs) How do I not
2: bump into this thing? And then you're like... Because I looked at you guys. No. No. Double trouble. Um, So, does everyone have breakfast? I see waffles, a bagel. An English muffin. I'm having coffee. Okay, remember, don't talk with your mouth full.
0: This is Ann from the Warwick Public Library with Will. Oh, hi, Jennifer.
2: Hello. <laughs> wait, wait. <I'm laughs> I didn't know I was first.
3: I didn't know you were pretending your mouth was full I, know, that's what like. I
1: thought. <laughs> oh wait, that's my name. <laughs>
0: This is Mary Ann from the Warwick Public Library with Jen. Hi. Will. Hello. And Jennifer. Hi there. We're planning our favorite program, Breakfast with Books, for September 16th, and we hope you'll join us. But in the meantime, we want to give you a taste of some of our favorite books for the summer. We're going to kick things off with fiction. My first book is Malibu Rising
3: by Taylor Jenkins Reed. Taylor Jenkins Reid is one of my favorite authors, and she has delivered a stellar summer read. Malibu Rising revolves around the Reva family, which include the tight-knit siblings Nina, Jay, Hud, and Kit. Their father is the wildly famous pop singer Mick Reva, and while he's successful in entertainment, he is less so in the parenting department. The book weaves together two stories, the first focusing on the siblings in the 1980s on the eve of an annual party held at Nina's house. It's the event of the year in Malibu. Nina is a glamorous surfer model and has quite the fan following. Her siblings are also big in the surf scene, and they're known for running a local restaurant together. The Rivas are comfortable with the spotlight, but we learn each sibling is longing for something different, whether in their love life or career. The second story is about the couple who started the family, Mick and June Riva. June met the aspiring musician in the 1950s, and they fell hard and fast for each other. They wed, had children, and June held down the home front while Mick toured with his band. Though Mick swore he would be faithful, the women he met on the road would prove to be his downfall. The two stories toggle back and forth, but an important detail we're told at the beginning of the story is that Nina's house will go up in flames by the end of the party. It's a great hook, and I spent the party scenes trying to guess ahead and figure out who was responsible. Whenever I read a Taylor Jenkins read book, I make sure I have a lot of time because I can hardly put it down. Malibu Rising is no exception. I love the heartfelt relationships between the siblings and found them easy to root for. I also enjoyed how elements from the story of Mick and June mirrored the story of their adult kids in the 80s. Now I'm back to
1: eagerly waiting her next book because I can't get enough of her writing. Jen, now I want to read Malibu Rising.
3: It's so good. I think you're gonna love it.
1: And I don't know this author, so you might be turning me on to a new author
3: there's a lot of fun your way yeah thank <laughs> so you so many books <laughs> I can't wait to okay. read it so fun fact about this book there's a character that appears in her previous book seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo that is McRiva in Malibu Rising so
1: do I need to read the other one first
3: no. not required but a fun fun little
0: okay all right connection between the thank two. thank you yeah enjoy My first fiction book is Whereabouts by Jahumpa Lahiri. This little gem of a book should be a contender for another literary award for Lahiri. Winner of the Pulitzer Prize for the Interpreter of Maladies, Lahiri has written several nonfiction books in recent years and written in the Italian language. This is her first novel since The Lowland in 2013 and was written in Italian, then translated to English by the author. As Bookless reviews said, the result of this process is language that seems to have been sieved through a fine mesh, each word a gleaming gemstone. The story is narrated by a single, middle-aged woman who is a writer and scholar living in Italy. Each chapter is a short little vignette of the narrator's life, sometimes describing places she visits, people she knows, or just her observations on her past and her life. Struggling at times with depression, the narrator pushed herself to get over an unhappy childhood and disappointing love life, to exalt in her neighborhood her lively piazza, her favorite friends and pastimes. She reveals much about herself, and the book sometimes feels like an intimate conversation with a close friend. Lahiri's writing is perfect and a joy to read. Not a word is wasted. This is a small book and will slip right into your beach bag to take along this summer. If you sit down and read it, it will only take a day. But you might want to read one little chapter at a time and savor the stories. You'll be thinking about them long after you finish this book.
2: So, so Breakfast with Books is like one of the library's most popular events, yes?
0: Yes, it is.
2: And how long does wow. it last?
0: It, well, we're always trying to make it a little shorter, but we usually can't resist talking. So it usually goes for about an hour and a half. And I have to say, not one person leaves that room. They stay till the bitter end and listen to every <laughs> single review.
2: bitter sounds harsh
0: (laughs) we usually have um, well sometimes three of us um, sometimes two depending on who's able to do it but so we take turns so it doesn't get boring listening to the same person all that time and we all have different tastes so it's really a mix of um, all different kinds of books that we like to um, look at so my next book is Dark Roads by Chevy
3: Stevens I'm always drawn to a thriller that will keep me up at night Back in 2010, Chevy Stevens wrote a book called Still Missing. It was about a real estate agent that was kidnapped from an open house and held captive. Still gives me the creeps when I think about it. I was excited to hear about a new Chevy Stevens book this summer. Dark Roads takes inspiration from the Highway of Tears in British Columbia. If you haven't heard, it's a notorious stretch of highway where 18 indigenous women disappeared or were found murdered over a 17 year period. It's an interesting jump off point for a book. Cold Creek, the fictional highway in Dark Roads, is experiencing a similar problem. Young women have been going missing for decades. Locals and visitors are routinely warned not to accept rides from strangers or be out in certain areas at night. And this is where we meet teenager Haley McBride. Recently orphaned, she lives with her aunt and uncle, who is a bully to say the least. Tired of being controlled, Haley flees to the woods to live on her own, though she didn't anticipate the fallout. People now think she was taken by the highway killer. A year later, Haley's story becomes intertwined with that of Beth Chevalier, a woman trying to make sense of her sister's murder in Cold Creek. As Beth investigates, she puts herself in danger and risks exposing the truth about Haley in the process. This book is not due out until August, but it's available to request now. I thought it was a suspenseful read, had well-drawn, resilient characters, and gave me the dark, unsettling tale I was looking for. If you're looking for the same, be sure to check it out.
2: So, Jen and Marianne, how how have you guys gotten so good at Readers Advisory? Um, I mean, you are you're both really fabulous at it, and and the variety of books that you pick, uh, the variety of things you read, um, it's amazing.
0: It's actually very interesting, Jen. You've noticed this even when uh, another librarian that worked here for a while, Jane, was doing it with us. We we have an ongoing list where we keep track of the books, and we almost never pick the same books to read. It's That's amazing. True.
3: We never have to fight for a book?
0: No, yeah. no. And we mix fiction and nonfiction, and it just seems like different things appeal to different people, so yeah. that way we get a nice variety.
3: I take all the creepy thrillers.
0: You do. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can't read because I can't sleep if I read them.
3: I never said I sleep. <laughs> yeah but no key is to to read and read and read some more
0: yep yep well I mean we save some we read some they're not always brand new books so we use a variety usually we have a lot of new books but um, we also sometimes will have read something in the last six months that we enjoy and want to include and pass on to others so we include those too
3: yep I like to chat up our regulars too, wandering in the stacks and see what they're reading and and get suggestions from
1: from you too so that's a good idea that's a great idea always
3: let us know what
0: you're reading
2: Could they write to us if they hear this uh, program and want to suggest some books?
0: That would be great. Sure, they can email us at uh, reference at warwicklibrary.org. And that comes right into the reference email, and we'd love to hear from you. The next book I have is Family Reunion by Nancy Thayer. Nancy Thayer is one of the queens of summer fiction, and her latest contribution to the summer of 2021 is very engaging. Eleanor is a longtime resident of Nantucket and is getting a little older. Her adult son and daughter are badgering her to sell the house on the bluff, which has been in her family for years, and she cannot picture herself leaving. She decides that she can at least put the decision off and enjoy the summer, thrilled when her granddaughter Ari, a recent college graduate, decides to spend the summer on the island. Descriptions of the beautiful island abound, and while there is a lot of family drama, both Ari and Eleanor find romance under the warm Nantucket sun. Ari gets a job at Beach Camp, a camp for children of working-class families, and both grandmother and granddaughter become involved in making the summer even more fun for the children. Warm and engaging, Family Reunion is a perfect book to tuck into your beach bag and let it take you away to Nantucket, a wonderful summer read.
2: Marianne, it, uh, for every breakfast with books, you bring treats. And some of them are home-baked, including some biscotti you make that are delicious.
0: Well, thank you, Will. Yeah, we do bake some. Uh, and then we have to supplement with um, some of our other outside sauces. But uh, we do try to make some. And um, the biscotti are actually really popular and they go fast.
2: How many days do you spend prepping for a... Uh, oh, no.
0: <laughs> One or two nights. <laughs> I'm imagining a week in your kitchen. <laughs> well, that would be nice to if we, if I did a week in my kitchen, I could do the whole spread. But <laughs> the the pastry goes fast, so we need a little extra for the outside.
3: My mine's from a, a very old family recipe, you know, from Dave, stop and something you know named yes. Dave, <laughs> Somebody named <laughs> Dave's Market. Yeah. And <laughs> now we're going to move on to nonfiction. I have two memorable memoirs coming your way. My first pick is Trejo, My Life of Crime, Redemption, and Hollywood by Danny Trejo. Trejo is a very well-known actor. If you haven't seen him in one of hundreds of movies like Con Air or Machete, you've probably seen him in commercials, usually looking pretty menacing. But there's more to Trejo than acting. He's a man of many talents with a very checkered past. In his autobiography, he vividly and quite explicitly recounts his criminal history, prison stints in the 60s and 70s for armed robbery, he shares stories about training as a boxer, drug addiction, his experiences in AA, and offers behind-the-scenes tales from film sets. This is the story of an overcomer, someone who felt hopeless in prison, found purpose, and then quite accidentally stumbled into the movie industry in 1985. Trejo has moved beyond the abusive environment he was raised in and takes pride in the work he does today, whether it's on camera or at his popular taco restaurants. He truly believes his mission in life is to help others. The book is wild and gritty, and it's impossible not to marvel at how this man was able to turn his life around. Next up, Stories to Tell by Richard Marks, the prolific singer-songwriter best known for the song Right Here Waiting. He has written 14 number-one songs in total, which is an amazing accomplishment. I just finished this one, and while it was completely different from Trejo, it's a page-turner nonetheless. Marx recounts his life as a musician, his band's hair-raising adventures on the road, and shares embarrassing onstage mishaps. He offers entertaining anecdotes about celebrities he's collaborated with, including Barbra Streisand, Keith Urban, and Luther Vandross, and provides a ton of insight into his songwriting process. This is perfect beach reading because of the short chapters and stories you'll want to share with others. Particularly the part about getting on the wrong side of the Chinese mafia while touring in Taipei. Unbelievable story. Both memoirs are highly recommended. I've
1: met Richard Marx. Get out. now I did. tell me everything. I met him after he performed at uh, the Warwick Musical Theater at the Tent.
3: That <gasps> was tent. so cool. I missed miss the Tent. What was the the best song of the set? Um, know, impossible question. There are too many.
1: I don't know. Hold on to the nights are right here waiting. Mm-hmm. I like those. Oh. Yes, I have his greatest hits too. So when you said you read that biography, I was like, oh, I need to read that one too. This it's
3: perfect. If you're a fan, and even if you're not, the stories are so engaging, and gives a lot of insight into how. Does musicians he mention work. the
1: tent? He does. <laughs> that would have been funny.
3: I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe in his follow-up, maybe it'll be all about the tent. Me and my
1: friend, we met him after,
3: yep. Oh, I'm, I'm just I'm
0: stewing in my envy right now. It's just, <laughs> it's overwhelming. My nonfiction pick is Nomadland by Jessica Bruder. Journalist Jessica Bruder shines a spotlight on a hidden segment of society in this revealing story of how many seniors are living in their retirement, Bruder's story focuses on older Americans who, instead of being able to enjoy their golden years, are traveling around the country as itinerant workers, barely getting by on their salaries and social security and living financially on the edge rather than feeling secure. Story after story recounts different seniors that Bruder lived with, traveled with, and worked with over the course of three years. These energetic folks work in a variety of settings, Picking blueberries, running campgrounds, working in restaurants, and my favorite, working from September through December in Amazon's huge warehouses. Called Camper Force by Amazon, they arrived in used campers and RVs, vans, trucks, and anything else they can remodel to live in and keep them safe. They form a huge RV city, and some Amazon warehouses actually have space for them to camp. They walk miles every day in the warehouse, filling orders, sorting new goods and working 12-hour days for minimum wage. This is truly the dark side for the American economy and hardly seems to jive with the American dream. Yet most of the seniors Bruder interviewed are tough and resilient, giving up their houses to stay out of debt. They may not have a true home, but they do what they can to enjoy the freedom of their lifestyle, attending conventions and gatherings to meet others in the same boat, or in this case, RV. Nomadland has just been released as a movie with Francis McDormand, So read the book before you see the movie. So that's it for today. We hope you'll join us at Breakfast with Books on Thursday, September 16th at 10 a.m. in the Lodge Meeting Room. No registration is needed. So come and grab a coffee and some pastry and sit down and listen to all our reviews. We hope you'll join us.
2: See you then. Did you have any other things you wanted ask anybody
1: i don't think so all right you had all your i'm uh, still like on the high of i get two book recommendations i can read so
2: okay all right
1: he also does the audiobook he does he does. does he
3: sing he might i didn't listen to it that way but mm. I, I heard and i'm like ooh, missed opportunity do
1: you like that he's married to daisy frontes
3: i do Which,
1: that's so odd though no she's like nice. she's this good. is
3: like a whole sideshow. yeah know. i could we could just do like Okay. pop culture minute here but he was married um, to uh
1: the woman yeah. from dirty dancing before did you that's know that right. oh yeah she figures in okay she's in the story cynthia Rose, very
3: respectful yes it's not like a good it does, not a go, does not go into that
1: at all nope good he's, he's very
0: right. uh you know
1: respectful exactly that's the only one it is the mother of. she is the mother of his children
0: you're listening to warwick radio online the voice of warwick rhode island